0: Are you also growing revenues 100% year over year? Yeah. How long can you keep doing that? I mean, it's hard to do that at big numbers. Not forever. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good answer.
1: You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews
0: Hello, everyone. My guest today is Alex Bean. He's sitting on a rocket ship with Divi, but 10, 11 years ago, he's selling scooter parts. What happened? We're going to dive in today. Divi modernizes finance for businesses by combining expense management software and smart corporate cards into a single platform. Finance leaders can now get real-time visibility into their company's spend and flexible controls that prevent teams from ever going over budget. Check it out at GetDivi.com. Alex, ready to take us to the top? Yeah, so like scooter. I wasn't ready for the scooter part, the scooter business reference, but I, well, we can dig into it. Well, it's crazy. I mean, you go. I mean, I, my research team was looking there, going, "Wait, this kind of went from basically being a GM at a scooter place to running like one of the fastest growing fintech businesses today. How the hell does this happen?"
2: Yeah. So, real quick on the scooter business, I mean, I actually feel like those are some of my most informative years or formative years um i mean i was in my mid-20s uh knew the owner of the business he got sick and he said hey i'm sick can you come in and run it like can you come in and and, and build this thing and you know at the time we were we thought we were gonna like take over the x games and take over skateboarding so you kind of thought big but we, we did some fun stuff learned a lot about manufacturing and and, and branding and uh, he got healthy so that's when we i gave it back to him and then and got into tech so um, learned a lot a lot of fun but definitely different than fintech for sure
0: so so tell the divi so if you had divi when you were running that business like what sort of credit lines would you've been pulling what sort of expense management would you've been doing like sort of explain the current product as as like how you would have used it back then
2: yeah but it's funny cuz you might say like well how did you go from selling scooter parts to doing divi and I, and, and to me i'm actually it's super natural. cuz you know when i'm running uh, lucky which was the scooter company we had 10 riders all over the world traveling for various tournaments, You know, building content. Uh, we would do trade shows. And so I would send seven guys to Vegas on a trade show conference. And we're a small company, we didn't have a, a ton of cash. So spending the budget of 15,000 for the conference was like imperative, like you can't go over. But everyone was using their own card. We were getting expense reports you know, a month and a half late. So we were going over without knowing we were going over. Divvy would have solved that entirely. We, you know, we could have uh, said, "Hey, here's your budget." Had cash, check, credit, everything inside of that expense reports from all the riders and all the employees would have come uh, directly. So honestly, when we started Divvy, my partner Blake and I, it was just like, "Well, we've ran multiple businesses and we understand the needs." And so we built it not as tech engineers, but as business owners, and saying, "We're building something that we would have wanted to use in our prior company."
0: Yeah, and what's who's the customer target today? Is it the luckies of the world, SMBs?
2: Yeah. Yep, luckies of the world, but just SMBs. You know, we we kind of have two audiences. I say like one to fifty and fifty to five hundred, slightly different use cases for the most part. But SMBs in general, that that's who we're going after the mom and pops of America, Main Street America, not just the VC backed
0: companies. Yep, And and talk to me about that segment, right? So if an SMB is listening right now and they're going, man, I'm currently using like six tools to do all these things Alex is talking about, and they want to start with you. Like what's the average price point an SMB is going to pay you guys? Nothing. It's free. Okay. So how do you make money?
2: Yeah. So we basically take Amex, right? Like you're not paying for your Chase card or your Wells Fargo card or whatever. Uh, we take your credit card. That's how we make money. So we make money just like the banks would and then we uh, give you the software that Expensify and, and others are, 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 are giving you. So we really combine it into one platform. And what we've found is by combining it, it's not only just that it's free, it's the like the source of information is so much quicker and so much better. So the things we can do are, are much different. Um, but yeah, it's free. And that's why we're super excited to offer it to the mom and pops of the world. Because we can tell them, stop paying for those three softwares and come just use Divi. And it's you
0: know, it's you a it's a win-win for both. Yeah, I mean, you have four sort of thing buckets this on your website, business credit, spend management, expense management, and AP management. There are multi-billion dollar companies competing in just one of those verticals. Just to be clear, yeah. I want to make sure I'm getting this right. You're giving away spend management, expense management, and AP management free. You're making money on the credit card stuff and the credit fund. Yep, exactly right. Yep. Wow, okay, interesting. So I guess the question I would have for you is, this is not easy software to build. How did you fund it in the early days so that you could give it away for free?
2: So that's actually a really good question. Had I've had that conversation with a lot of people. A few things. One, we all we raised money early because we knew that we were taking a big swing. I don't think that's for everyone, so I'm not like out there recommending to all entrepreneurs like go raise VC funds, go raise as much as you can. But for us, as you just said, we're taking on trillion dollar markets in every in all four of those buckets. So we're like, all right, like we've got we've got to bring money to the table and and go build the team. So. For us, that's what we did. Um, And at the beginning, like nowadays in the fintech space, if that's where you're at, there's so many more tools that enable fintechs to go build companies that didn't exist five years ago, which sounds nuts. But, you know, there's a lot of I can get into the nuances, a lot of things that the banks couldn't offer us five years ago that now they're, they're fully built to offer to these fintechs. So I think you're going to see a wave of innovation because of that.
0: So year one, it sounds like was what like 2016, 2017, is that right? Yeah. And I want to touch on founding story real quick because founder equity is obviously a hot topic with anyone launching a company. Do you guys just say, you know what, we're equal partners, 50, 50, or was there some nuance there?
2: Uh, nuance. Yeah. Okay. And and I, I'm actually, so here here's, let me give the, every partnership's different, right? So like anything I give here is not going to be definitive for all. So Blake, my partner, uh, my friend and partner Came to me with the concept of Divi, right? And and we formulated it together. But his original idea uh, was his, and the name Divi came from him. And frankly, he had uh, the money to to kind of help kickstart some of this. How so, much did he kickstart it with? Um, I think that's private. Sorry, I don't, I don't know if we've disclosed that. <laughs> but you know, it was it was a decent amount of his own money to say, hey, we're going to go design and engineer and, and do some stuff before we went and raised formulas. So, um. He, he had, he has more than me, right? Clearly it was, you know, he had it and the advice I would give a non CEO co-founder is you have to understand where you, where you sit for me. I always knew Blake was the quarterback and I was the running back to use a football reference, meaning we were partners and he, I don't think he could have done it without me, but I know I couldn't have done it without him. And, uh, you can still be partners and not be 50, 50, uh, I think I've seen a lot of partnerships where you go in and they are equal partners. One might be the CEO, but the other one, they have the idea together and that's 50-50. Great. I, that would be awesome. Uh, but for us, it was not 50-50, but that doesn't uh, take away from the partnership. So nuance there. First,
0: first formal round was when and how much?
2: Uh, 10 million from uh, Paleon Partners here in Utah. And I think that was in,
0: was it 18? 20. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You just raised more this year, I think. What was that, yep. right?
2: Yep. Brought on Hanako Well Rock, uh, Crew, right? So Some great investors. Uh, it was our Series D. And how much did you guys raise there?
0: Uh, 165, I think. And do you remember the valuation? 1.6. 1.6. 6. So full story yep. there. Don't want to bury it. The... Like,
2: you just as an entrepreneur, you're like, do you remember the valuation? I'm like, well, let me see here.
0: Yeah, I remember the valuation. Yeah. Maybe I strategically ask it that way to make sure more people answer. Uh, if you phrase it yeah. that way, you definitely get a higher response rate. But I wanted to put that out there because, yeah. again, what you're doing here is very interesting, right? We've had David on from Expenseify. We've had Brex on. We've had Ramp on the show, right? And they're doing doing—they're basically building massive business on something that you're doing for free. So I want to dive more into the credit card business. I mean, how much money can you make on the credit card business? There's only, what, 200, 300 bips to spread there?
2: Yeah. Yep. That's correct, but uh, there's a few different ways, right? You see, Brex uh, is starting to launch paid software. We have some paid, we have paid software. Um, you know, you make money on the on the card, uh, or sorry, on the, on the credit side, right? If fees and things of that nature. I mean, it's just like a bank. You, it's basically asking the question, like, well, how's Amex making money? And it's like, well, I mean, I think they're making a fair amount of money. So you know, two even two hundred or three hundred bips, you you start to do the math, and you're doing billions of dollars in spend, and the revenue starts to add up. Is what
0: will GMB be this year through the platform? I
2: don't think that's disclosed, but you know, we did we did. Oh man,
0: I don't think that's disclosed. I'm going to keep that. Can you do a range, Alex? Billions of dollars in spend. Okay, got it. So more, more than a billion, less than $100 billion. Is that a big enough range? Sure. Yeah, that, <laughs> that'll work, yeah. <laughs> That's a damn big range. But okay, more than a billion, less than $10 million. And then I guess, can you maybe, um, just so I can quickly understand this, so last 12 months, if you guys look at your total revenue, just give me percentages. What percent would you say is credit card versus paid software versus your credit fund returns? Almost almost
2: all, uh, I would say majority of that is on interchange.
0: Oh, wow. So really, it's mostly credit card. Interesting. I was thinking you might have said that there's actually a massive, balance sheet business here because you have unique insights to data you can underwrite better than anybody else.
2: Y- yeah, there's definitely elements of that. But I, even if you talk to Brex and Ramp, like you're not, you're not making most of your money on that, right? Because again, underwriting just minimizes your losses. It doesn't actually add... You, if you're really good at underwriting, it doesn't add revenue. It minimizes your loss rate.
0: Well, I mean, so look, I mean, there are cabbages, you know, cabbages of the world, right, that play in this space, right, which it's, it's, a, it's a purely balance sheet business. You drive your cost to capital L yeah. plus one or two, you have underwriting, you do deals to SMBs at a 35% effective APR, you make a big spread.
2: Yeah. So the difference on that, um, I think you'd see the same with Brex and Ramp, too. Right now, when we're underwriting, we're not doing a lot of loans. We will be, you know, adding to that. We kind of have that in beta. It's more underwriting like your credit card, like an Amex. So if you don't pay. Oh. If you don't pay, then there are fees and obviously there is revenue that comes from like, hey, if you don't pay your credit card bill, you pay it late, you know, it's carried interest, etc. But Cabbage is doing like loans, right? There's just straight out saying, hey, we're going to give you a $100,000 loan and at this return,
0: so. Got it. So just to be clear, you're just doing the credit card stuff. You don't actually you guys haven't went out and raised a billion dollars as a balance sheet credit fund to do small business loans into your partners.
2: Well, we well, we do have that set up. We are not fully launched on it simply uh, from a product standpoint. We actually launched it pre-COVID. We pulled it obviously with COVID. Um, and now we're, you know, gonna start launching it again. So i mean, it's definitely in our wheelhouse, right? It's the same conversation Amex and all these guys have. So it's not uh Maybe in the way we do it, we feel like we'll have some innovation on it. But the concept of, of those loans is not innovative. Yep, yep.
0: Talk to me about how many of these customers are serving out today. What's the number?
2: Yeah, over 10,000 uh, and adding uh, quite a few uh, every month. So we're super excited about our growth rate. And it just means that I mean, our motto is spend smarter. So for us, it's about having uh, more and more SMBs, mom and pops, You know, build lucky scooter size companies. Uh, spend smarter, stay in budget, you know, like hit payroll, uh, save money. I mean, that that's kind of
0: what we're all about. So for us, seeing that number rise is exciting. Yeah, your press releases 2019, 1,000 customers, 2020, 4,500. you more than double in over year Now you now breaking 10,000. What do you think you'll finish this year at? How many are you adding new like per month?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think we'll cl- easily top 20 and uh, even with some growth pay on that. So we'll see, but
0: uh, def- we're growing over a hundred percent. So we, we, we expect that to continue. And that's customer count. Are you also growing revenues hundred percent year over year? Yeah. How long can you keep doing that? I mean, it's hard to do that at big numbers. Not forever. Yeah. <laughs> good. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Can you give us a sense of revenue today? Uh. Uh, no, I,
2: again, sorry, I don't want to be coy. I just think that right now it's private. So I'm going to hold on to that. But no, I mean, like we're super excited about it. We hit some some big milestones recently. You can look at our valuation
0: and, and probably derive some element of what it is. So uh, no, but. I haven't case. I haven't done a Series D round recently. Uh, help us understand, don't talk about your own deal, but in, in most Series D rounds, how much of a company is, is a SaaS founder going to be selling?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, if you're... <laughs> Like, actually, I'll give you this. So if you're going to go public, uh, now SPACs do make it a little bit different, but I think you see a lot of companies that go public and and, and we, we would look at it and say, hey, you got to be doing like 200 million in revenue, you know, 300 million in revenue to be like, to go public, right? That's when you start to be a known name and and, and really have traction. So for us, uh, you know, in between that 100 to 300 range, like that's where we, you know, we look at that and say, okay, what are your growth rates? When do you hit what milestone? Uh, what do we need to do to accelerate out of this? And, and you know, look at Qualtrics, which was, uh, they just went public here in Utah. They're, they're friends of ours. And, you know, it's like, yeah, they hit the 200 million, then they hit the 300 million, then they hit the 600 million. And now they're, you know, approaching the billion. And it's like, you just have to keep that trajectory of growth. So I can't forecast, you know, I'm not going to announce our forecast of two years from now uh, on, on this podcast, but it's keeping a really healthy growth rate. It might not double forever clearly because at some point that will
0: stop. But. Yeah, I mean, do you think, do you guys feel good about your plan to break a hundred million dollar run rate in the next two years? Uh, yes. <laughs> I feel very me.
2: good about that. That helps plan. me. I, I am that, helps,
0: very that, helps <laughs> that helps me. Yeah, go ahead and make the statement. No, I'm very confident that we will, we will <laughs> achieve that. Yeah. There you go. That helps me with a bunch of things. So you're, it tells me you're not at $100 million yet, right? But the growth plan lab is obviously clearly takes you over that over that mark. So that's great. Um, talk to me about any other – is there anything you talk about in terms of product? It sounds like you have a credit fund that's maybe in the works. You'll be more aggressive. Is there any other, other products you can yeah. get away free?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, AP management, uh, you, you see that as one of the four buckets. The um, okay. w- reason we f- view that as so powerful is just we want it to be one sp- – one place that you're making all your spending and you're reconciling and you're thinking through like how much are we, you know uh, what's going out of the company. So we're, we've launched that, but it's not where we want it to be in terms of full scope and capability and the innovation we can bring to that side of the fence. So uh, that's,
0: that to me is what we're probably most excited about and and coming around the corner. Got it. That makes good sense. And then talk to me a little bit about churn right in this space. How, how do you even define churn? Because you're not like a traditional SaaS company where they're starting an end date. Do you find churn is like they have a credit card and they stop using the credit card? Yeah, basically.
2: Okay. Um, we, so we're very, fo- like churn for us is very strong. Um, we have launched. but budget- on, strong or weak? So what's the, what, what are you churning like annually right now? We, we are not churning very much. Okay, got it. We're in a
0: very good position when it comes to churning. And the reason is because... By the way, I'd consider very good position like under 5% annually. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's very okay. fair. great.
2: great. So, um, which is crazy on a free product that people can walk away, right? Like, you know, you would assume a lot of people just sign up
0: for free and they, they walk away. Well, an SMB. I mean, that's crazy low yep. for SMB. Yep.
2: But but we're, why we're in a really good position uh, is is budgets, right? So if someone gets into Divi and they set up virtual cards and they set up budgets uh, and, th- and they set up this this new process to go back to another way of doing it or an old way of doing it, they've got to like go get their Amex card again. They then have to like set up Expensify, and they have to like bring everything you know together. And with Divi, it's like once you have budgets and you're operating out of a budget mindset, which can be a little hard up front, but on the back end. Like they're not leaving because it just has changed the way that they're they're running their finances. So, um, you know, and and no one else is doing that yet. I know people are going to copy us. Uh, I won't name one competitor, but we tend to see a lot of copy from from someone out there. Um, but no, I know who's who's the competitor. No, I'm not going to do it. What's the first letter? <laughs> What's <laughs> I, it rhyme with? <laughs> let me put it this way. I'll, I'll be on. This is my honest opinion. People probably kill me. I, I don't know how many people are even listening to this. I have a lot of respect for what I see Brex do in the market. They bring a lot of their own innovation to the market and it's super, super impressive. And so, you know, they challenge us and we challenge them and and, and whatnot. Um, so, Who's
0: bigger? Uh,
2: well, they just announced uh, a, a large valuation. So I
0: think it's fair to say. that they are. Do you think they're doing more revenue than you or they're just good at driving valuation?
2: Uh, I don't know their revenue for sure, but I'm fairly confident. I do know that I don't, I think the gaps are smaller than people think. Uh, I think they are very good at driving valuation, but they're bigger. I think that, you know, it is very fair to say, I, I can't speak to their numbers and stuff, yeah, but fair. Um, look, Brex, like my thing is like Brex drove innovation on the credit side and they deserve a lot of credit for it. Uh, we drove innovation on the software side and we deserve a lot of credit for it. Yep. Uh, and that, what my point is, you're going to see the market, whether it's whether it's the big companies like Chase, Wells Fargo, Amex, etc., or other uh, startups copying suit. Um, Budgets is one of those things that we've held to, and and we're super proud of, and it's super powerful for our customers. And I think you will see that be emulated in some form over over the next couple of years.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, your friends at Qualtrics had this in the public market in the SaaS world. Anything about like 130, 140% net dollar retention is world class. It's hard to drive expansion revenue in the SMB cohort. What does your expansion look like over the last 12 months on, on the historical cohort?
2: Yeah, so again, not going to disclose specific numbers. Here's the thing, though. With with Divi, because it's like, hey, someone will get in and they'll start using us for the card software. But then they start using us for the AP management, or then they start, you know, that at some point they're gonna start using us for the loan management. So we actually feel like there's another five things we can add in that stack, and five just being a, you know, kind of a figure. That's thing. all mainly free though, right? Yeah, but everything we launch has some, something that adds to the wheel, right? Whether it's direct revenue, whether it's future software revenue, whether, and I'll, let me give you an example, and I, I'm not gonna give you a price point, but uh, AP management, right? So let's say it takes five days for your ACH check to get, into your vendor's hands. Well hey for a fee for a premium fee you can get it we can get it to them in 2 days. Okay, cool. Right, and every single thing that we do has a flywheel effect. Okay, you want to suck in your invoices into the system. Well every invoice is a new vendor that we can talk to and say do you want to accept a virtual card? Yeah. Or do you still want to accept the ACH? And there are ways for us to make money in that flywheel and get new customers. So even though something's free, I mean, like the obvious one is look at Facebook. It's free. Well, yeah, but clearly there's flywheels that are making a ton of money. And we have a very similar one just on the business side.
0: Fair. Can can we say your net revenue retention is above 120% or 110%? Uh, to be perfectly honest, I can't actually recall the number off the top of my head, so I'd have to go check. No problem. No problem. Last question that I want to dive into. So you're giving the software away free, but you find unique sort of almost like utility based ways to pull some margin out. You just gave a good example on the AP management side of things. I mean, how much right now can you guys make on average per SMB using the platform? Is it like $10,000 sort of a year or a thousand a year or what? Uh, yeah.
2: And again, like I'm just. I'd have to look at the number. It's it's thousands, right? It's really healthy, meaning we feel really, really good. Uh, the averages can change depending on, you know, is it the 150 to 50 to 500? Clearly, if someone's a 100% company spending $100,000, you know there's 200 to 300 bips. So you can do the math, right? Like, now... There's a lot that we have to account for, though, right? What
0: people don't forget is we are giving rewards back to our customers. Yeah, you don't make right. the full 300 bips, do you? I mean, imagine you're probably making like 70 bips or 100 bips max.
2: Yeah, I mean, it comes to us, but there's there's costs, right? There's risk. You know, you have to you have to put money away for risk. You have to put money away for Cog. You have to put money away for uh, paying it back to to the customer and re- rebate. Uh, and so there's a lot of factors in there, but yes, there's still a very healthy business, and which you can make a fair amount of money on a free product to an SMB, yeah, okay. it's super attractive.
0: Alex, last thing I want to touch on before we wrap up, a lot of founders, they don't understand the concept of secondaries, but I like it. It removes risk from the business. allows you to double down and go for a $10 billion sort of thing and build something bigger. How have you and your Blake thought about secondaries and even for your early employees? Have you guys done any, was any of the 165 million recent a secondary?
2: Uh, yeah. And again, I don't want to speak to specifics because there's always a lot of people involved and, and whatnot. Um, but I, I will say as a whole, I think the secondaries. I agree with you. Secondaries uh, done right can give motivation, uh, which which allows you know early founders and early employees to to keep going as opposed to you know stop right because it's it's easy to say oh I've been grinding away for however many years and I just need something out of it like fine press press the button, yeah. um, but you know secondaries I think are really really healthy if if done correctly which is by the way. Uh, I, I don't know if everyone would agree with that statement, um, in in Silicon Valley. So, you know, I'd I'd love to hear other people's opinions, but I I do think it's healthy. All
0: right. Let's wrap up here with the famous five rapid fire. Number one, favorite business book. Uh, actually,
2: you know what? It's not my favorite of all time, but the John Iger book, I found at least very entertaining. The one he uh, wrote last year. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, I've been, I'm like late to the party cause I'm not on Twitter, but I've been following Naval more yeah. and I know like I, I found a lot of what he says to be pretty interesting. So sure. We'll go with him. Number three, besides you're what's your favorite
0: online tool for building Divi? S- sorry. Say that again. Favorite online tool that you used to build the company.
2: So like favorite tool that we're using internally. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or personally. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to get both. So I, I, I don't know how I would live without Slack. So Slack is clearly up there. Everyone's heard of it, but you know what I got to give a shout out to is OneNote.
0: OneNote. Like
2: Evernote's super sexy. It's the Silicon Valley, but I'll I, look at e- OneNote is a vastly superior product to Evernote and, and what you can do with it. So I'll go with
0: OneNote. Number four, Alex, how many, you have a, I think you said you have a three month or three year old. How many hours of sleep do you get in these days? I have four kids. Uh, under under the age of 10. So if it was just one three-year-old,
2: I wouldn't be stressed. That would be quite easy actually. But uh, I have two girls and two boys, but I also have an amazing wife who helps obviously do a ton. So I'm getting adequate sleep, but yes, it's, you know, my, my 10-year-old was up till midnight last night and I'm having to lie in bed with her and talk her through the whole thing. So there are some, you know, some
0: nights where it's longer than others. Now it's how old are you? 36. Last question. Take us back 16 years. What do you wish you knew when you were 20? Um,
2: you've heard it, but I will, I, I just, I, I believe so strongly your 20s are meant to learn. Don't focus on the salary. Obviously, salary is a matter of respect. Salary is what you're going to, what you valued at. I totally get that. But don't take jobs for the salary. Like Take jobs that you're going to learn what you need to learn to take the leaps and jumps that you want to ultimately do and make your money. And that might happen in your late 20s or in your 30s or 40s. But please, if when you're 20, find the right people in the right companies, work with them and you will
0: learn so much that the rest will be taken care of. Money will come. Guys, there you have it. Alex from GitDivi. They launched back in 2017. financed with their own personal capital did a first formal round of about 10 million bucks, crossed 1,000 customers, SMBs mainly in 2019. Now over 10,000 customers with a clear path to break 100 million bucks in AR over the next two years. Most of their business it's giveaway free software where they have multi billion dollar competitors in the AP management space, expense space, really to make all their money on those 300 bips on the credit volume they process. Currently between a billion and 100 billion. Nice big range there. Alex, thanks for taking us to the top.
2: Anytime. Thank you.